Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to The Art of Film Funding. I'm your co-host, Claire Papan, along with Carol Dean, author of the best-selling book, The Art of Film Funding. Carol is also the founder and president of From the Heart Productions and the host of this show. Kelly Galindo is an American actress, director, and producer. Her work has spanned decades in television, theater, and film. She's currently directing 26 Seconds, a documentary miniseries that is based on a horrific cause that has driven her passion in giving a voice to children who are victims of the sex trade. For the past three years, 26 Seconds has taken her around the world to experience and expose these horrors happening in the world today. Kelly highlights the nonprofit organizations that have actively stepped forward to do something about it. In addition, Kelly balances her directing and acting career while passing on her craft onto future generations of students as a professor at Dodge College of Film and Media Arts at Chapman University. She's taught at the UCLA School of Theater, Film, and Television, as well as the Orange County School of the Arts. Kelly is a proud lifetime member of the Actors Studio as a director and actor. And Carol, I understand Kelly is also sponsored by From the Heart. Yes, she is, Claire. I'm so glad that we're getting to work with Kelly. And we really thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Well, you know, you have a fabulous filmmaking background, acting and directing and producing. So all of these are major singular talents, but then you are a teacher on top of it. So we're very interested in knowing about your documentary, 26 Seconds. So let's start with why you decided to make the film. Please tell us about that. <laughs> I um, Well, first of all, being a professor at Chapman University, I, we have, the professors have the the luxury of being able to use camera equipment and editing rooms. So I, and I knew that at some point, obviously I wanted to do a project um, because I could (laughs) use the facilities to save a lot of money, of course. Um, But I wanted it to be something that mattered. I just didn't want to do a silly film. I'm, (laughs) I'm past that. (laughs) And so, um, uh, so it was on my heart that I really wanted to do, I mean, eat, um, I mean, I had three things on my heart: either the the um, the, the race horsing, how they um, the slaughters of racehorses, or the dog meat um, uh, a trade in China, or sex trafficking. And then, when I really settled in, I said, because sometimes you know animals can be kinder than humans, <laughs> so I, I really you know I have a heart for that. But at the end of the day, what matters more is people. Is people. So I said, I have to do this. So I really had no idea how horrific it was until I started on my journey. I just took the first step and said yes. So originally I was just going to do a short documentary on sex tourism in Thailand. That was my original plan. And then uh, when I got there and saw how horrific it was and girls from all around the world were there, 
that have been trafficked there. I just had it in my heart that it had to be, that it is, number one, factually a global issue, but two, that I wanted my film to be. So my film has, um, it's been a leap of faith, obviously. I take one step and then, you know, a door opens um, by the universe as well as these nonprofit organizations that are featured in my documentary. Um, I'll work with one and then they'll introduce me to another and to another and to another. So the the project kept going. Um, so I, so I, you know, now I have a huge feat ahead of me, um, but, uh, but I'm very excited to not only get to create awareness, but more importantly, a call to action for people to actually, because I, I, I'm an optimist. I think most people have a good heart. They just are unaware. And once they become aware, then they want to know what to do. And so my film is not only creating awareness, but then they'll know, they have, I have over 30 or, nonprofit organizations featured in my documentary, so doing the work in some capacity, either in prevention, rescue, restoration, or reintegration, and in uh, all of the countries that I shot in. So people can pick you know, which organization that they would like to support, and I think that that's a good thing. Oh, I think it's wonderful. And, you know, Kelly, I think what's going to help you is this film that's out now on her shoulders. Um, it talks about, it's the Yazidi, how they were just taken over by ISIS, and but they were turned into slaves and sex slaves, children uh, particularly, which is what your film is about. And uh, since that's out ahead of your film, I think it can only do, be really a good uh eye-opener for your film to be even more successful. Absolutely. I don't think enough has that. Well, it, it's probably coming. You know, um, um, you know, ISIS was, uh, I mean, Mosul was liberated and what, two years ago. And um, so people only felt safe, I think now to go there. I actually went there before it was liberated. So it was a little crazy, but um, I do think that films are going to come out about it. Um, you know, my pilot is uh, is only on uh, my first trip, which was Thailand and Cambodia. So, but I'm going to follow with a six to eight episodic miniseries on each country. And my next uh, pilot will be Iraq, because that was my next country after Cambodia and Thailand. And out of all of the countries that I went to and interviewed girls, every story is horrific. But it was beyond horrific with the survivors in Iraq from what ISIS did. Yes, I mean it. It was beyond. Yeah, so that's, um, that's what I'm learning. I learned from this film how bad. Or just looking at her face, I mean, she walks with so much sadness. Uh, and in the film, she's saying, "You're asking me the wrong questions. You should be asking me." And she gave a whole list of questions. You know, how can we stop this? What can we do to mm-hmm. solve the problem? How do we re- reintegrate them into society? And this is really your film's going to cover some of those things. Yes, I actually I went with um, his name is Pastor Kevin Brown. He uh, actually rescues girls in Orange County on Harbor Boulevard, of all things, near Disneyland. But he also um, partnered with uh, Amina and Cahill in Iraq. And I I went with Pastor Kevin to Iraq. And um, uh, Amina used to be in the Iraqi parliament, and her husband, um, Cahill, was an attorney. They both quit their jobs because it was so horrific what was happening to the Yazidi people because they're Yazidi. They quit their jobs and created an underground mission. 
over a hundred men are no longer with us that were on his team. I mean, it was, it's dangerous. They, they were killed and they've rescued over, you know, maybe 500 girls, which is incredible, but there are still thousands and thousands that were killed or, you know what I mean? And never rescued, but they, um, so that is who I interviewed is there, what they were doing in rescuing these Yazidi girls um, during, before, uh, Mosul was liberated, obviously, and it was very dangerous. Um, I have undercover footage um, when, not like with ISIS, but but when the girls were brought back to the families, you know, and it's heartbreaking. And um, oh. yeah, and then um, and there's this other great organization uh, called Roads of Success and Tech Over Trauma from um, Jacqueline and Amina Isaac. They they. Um, where uh, Mina was from Egypt and then <clears throat> she moved here <clears throat> and her daughter was raised in California and she's an attorney. She's a humanitarian. She's been on the, um, um, uh, you know, on Congress to, to speak at the UN. And, um, but they created these two organizations where they were bringing in uh, laptop computers to the refugee camp so that these girls could get counseling and an education. Because what was so horrific about these poor girls is, what they went through is ISIS went in and killed all the men, except the young boys. They they would keep the boys and turn them into ISIS soldiers. But all the men, the uncles, the fathers, the grandfathers, killed. And so it was genocide, basically. And then they would take the women. They made the older women work slaves, and they uh, labor slaves, and they made the younger women sex slaves. And I mean younger. One of my survivors was seven years old. I mean young. Oh, my God. And, yeah, horrific. Um, so anyways, when, when these <clears throat> girls, the, the few that were rescued, they would take them to refugee camps because they had no more family. But there was zero, because it was in crisis mode of just rescuing, there was no restoration. There was no healing. There was no therapy. Like, this is crazy. So, so Roads of Success and Tech Over Trauma, Jacqueline and Amina did an incredible service. You know, they brought in these laptops. And, and so these girls could get counseling and education in, at the refugee camps once they were um, rescued. Oh, this is wonderful. Yeah. Because all those oh. children are sitting there in those camps with nothing to do, no education, yeah. and then no future, of course, if you can't read and write. And, oh. Well, more importantly, so after what the abuse that they went through, uh, uh, I mean, horrific abuse, they needed counseling. So praise God. Right. Uh, well, okay, let's, uh, I'm so excited to hear about the film that you're working on. So where are you in production? Well, I'm finally finished filming. I wrapped production um, August 31st this past summer in East Africa. Um, so finally done in production. <laughs> it, 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 um, I've been shooting since July 2016. And the reason it's taken me longer than, than probably normal is because of my teaching. So I only would shoot in the summer or in the winter when I'm not teaching. So that's when I would go on trips to, to film. Oh, so, I see. Well, um, but you've done very well. But realizing that it takes six years to make a documentary, you're doing really well. Oh, thank you. Because <laughs> I feel like, oh, my gosh. I remember my assistant going, oh, you'll be on this film for about five years. I said, no, two or three. And now I'm, <laughs> you know, hitting through the three-year mark. And I go, I think it's going to be ten. <laughs> I hope not. but <laughs> No, because no, we need this information really quick. This is important. That's right. But 
Um, but so you're on really a dangerous mission getting these interviews. I, I would think that that's like evidence that you're getting against uh, the perpetrators, whoever they are, and you know they're hanging around there in the neighborhood that, when you're shooting. So how were you able to convince the women to talk on camera? Well, two things. I really do believe from beginning when I stepped in Thailand to the end in East Africa, and especially in Iraq, that God was protecting me. I do believe that because I, I was pretty much, I just took the step and made the leap and went. You know what I mean? Thinking it through. So so um, I do believe I was protected uh, supernaturally, but uh, I also was with nonprofit organizations that had rescue agents. So I was always with them, and they know, you know, that's what they do. You know, they... They're undercover at all times. So I always felt protected. Now, is there a risk of something happening? Of course. I have a camera now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of course. But I, I did feel protected because I was with these rescue agents, that that's what they do day in and day out, and they, and they you know, they, they were protecting me um, and so my team. when you but, say a rescue agent, they, they find the girls, and then they uh, find out how they can get them out, and they literally rescue them? Yes, and they're undercover. They have to pretend actually to be customers so they can get into these places, and ah. they build relationships with the girls, and then finally, they'll, but they're always respectful. Like they're different. The girl realizes what's different about this man. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, they just go in to, to have a drink, and you know, and tell the girl trust them, and then they ask if they want out. Because the thing is, is you can't just, which is, you know, a horrific concept, but you can't just take the girl and rescue them because again they're being abducted you know what I mean like it it's almost like somebody that's on drugs they have to want to go to rehab it's the same thing with girls and it's 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 really horrific here in the U.S. because these DAs go in they want to help these girls but the girl has to say yes and most of them will protect their pimp to the very end they feel oh like goodness. they're a, it's a boyfriend and that they're in love with them and because these men have manipulated them and got them when they were children, 13, 14, 15. They don't, don't know anything else. And they will, t- they will go to prison and never give up the pimp, ever. Like, it is, it is horrific. It's really bad here in the United States, much more than people think. And, and that you, will also do you be rebuilding. Do you have coverage here in the States? Yeah. Any specific cities yeah. here? Oh, yeah, I shot mostly Southern California because it was easier for me, obviously. Um, But I shot in L.A., Orange County, and San Diego. And then I did the whole uh, issue at the border where children are abducted into Tijuana and then Tijuana children are taken over the border here to be trafficked. So I did that whole issue as well. Um, Yeah, this is a big project. Um, holy. So, you know, originally I wanted it to be a two-hour feature documentary, but I have so much information. I, so I, I really believe that now the project has moved into the direction it needs to, which is a six- to eight-episodic miniseries, so that I can focus a whole hour on each country. Oh, I think you're right. Uh, you're <laughs> absolutely right. And you're the continuing thread. Are, 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 are there other people who are in uh, multiple cities with you uh, do you mean filming or organization no i mean when you're filming would would each city be unique in that and the characters and the people are uh are there uh repeat 
in other words, is anyone traveling with you that you're filming that would be in all of the cities, or is each one an independent feature type thing? Oh, each one is independent, and each mm-hmm. one is independent. Yeah. Okay. I so mean, you, you know, San Diego know has this. its own issue, yeah, of the border, their own issue. Um, Orange County, you know, traffickers bring, you know, take children, um, you know, they cross the state line, they bring them all to Orange County because there's more money here to be made. And then, and then LA is a whole thing because it's it's on the streets. Like it's it's horrific. It's a, I mean it's yeah. Each city, each country, each you know each state, it, it, they all have their independent. And that's what the documentary is about. It's it's you know global sex traff uh, sex trafficking is global, but it is different in each country, in each state, in each city. And you know there's there's a, a reason behind it. Usually economics are at play. It's all about money, but but still it's a little different, you know, in, in, in India and Cambodia, it's severe poverty, you know, mothers will sell their own children, <laughs> their two-year-olds because of poverty. And it, 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 to me, this is the worst of all, um, yes. the worst of all. Um, and then Iraq, it was war, you know, and, and that a little bit goes into East Africa too. You, you know what I mean? Um, but it's all, it all has to do with money. The, 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 the parents sell their children or girls will willingly go in because they have no money. And then, of course, the, the pimps and the madams and the traffickers are making nothing but money. My goodness. They make all the money. And so this is, this is really big money in child trafficking. Oh, oh. It, 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 it's. Yes. I, I, I'm going to need God that when once my film is released <laughs> because I'm revealing a lot. Oh, my gosh. A lot. That's very important. Mm-hmm. Well, all right. Well, let's start with the hidden camera. I mean, did you okay. steal shots with the hidden camera? Because um, I really want to know how how do you get into places when you're not supposed to have a camera and then get the shots and get it in focus and all that? So give us the, the underground where you did it. So when I'm in the red light district or in, um, uh, you know, like karaoke bars or wherever, you know, they're, they're, it's a front for women, women, massage parlors or whatever, right, where it's a front. I go in with a, a cell phone. I'm shooting with my Android camera. And so there's an, you know, there's an app where people can't see that it's on, and I'm just holding my phone. And um, so in the trailer, which is the pilot now, um, let me try and think where there's undercover footage for you. Okay, it's when I was, when the girls were doing lineups in Cambodia, when they would line the girls up and the men would choose them. And then in in Thailand it was, um, well, on in the, um, in Bangkok, in the red light district. But do you remember those shots in the, in the pilot where, the trailer pilot where uh, the girls were coming in, lining up. Yeah. Cause all that was done on a phone just for oh you my to gosh. know I was sitting there. Yeah. It's, it look it's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I mean, in terms of like it blends with the, with, you know, cause I sh- shot my film on a Sony a seven because I wanted my film, my documentary to look like a film. Because it kind of makes me crazy when documentaries are just talking, talking, talking. I wanted it to be moving um, and I wanted it to tell a story on its own visually. You know, I wanted it to look like a movie. And the Sony A7 did two things for me. Number one, it shoots like a like film, which I love. And two, it's small, so I could 
especially when I was in Iraq, so that people would think that it's a um, like me taking still photos. A Sony oh, is very small. Com- yeah, and it shoots incredible. So that was the, the camera I took, um, and then I wouldn't put a mic on top, obviously, because then that, you know, screams camera, you know. So I, uh-huh. I you know, when I was doing B footage, um, of course, I mic'd the girls when we were interviewing them. But um, uh, now other countries that were more safe, I would use the mic on the camera, you know, for B footage. But, but I couldn't in Iraq. You know, we just, um, I mean, it was, we even... I, I didn't even put things on hard drives there, which is very dangerous when you're shooting. I just had, because in case we got caught by ISIS, I wanted to be able to give the SD cards to whoever to get it out. So we weren't even oh, putting actually. things on hard drives, which is in, like incredibly like risky for a filmmaker. Um, we just kept them on the SD cards, and then we, when we got to Turkey, we downloaded it all. Right. So, so when you when or, you were in undercover undercover places or when you were in places where you wanted to photograph, you used your phone and you uh, you downloaded some sort of an app. You want to tell us what that app was, that so no one could tell you were shooting or that the phone was on. This is only on Android, not iPhone. And um, I, I, to be honest, I don't even know what the name of it is, but the little logo looks like a restaurant. It's really funny. It looks like a restaurant, but it, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's red and white, and it looks like a restaurant, um, like with forks and spoons. Like you would have no idea, but you just need to um, Google it. You know, say, um, I want you know uh, an, an app where you can shoot undercover. You know, they, they just can Google it. But that was on Android. I don't know what they have on iPhone because I don't have an iPhone. Okay. All right. So yes, you googled yeah. it. You found something. That's the way to go. And then you just pretended you were searching your cell phone, and instead you were recording. That's right. That's right. Or I'd pretend I was on the phone. You know, I was talking uh, to someone. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, and great. and of course they had no idea I was a filmmaker. You know, they thought I was. I mean, I would always be like ugh, sick to my stomach when they would be asking me, "Do you want? Do you want boy? Do you want girl?" Like. Are you kidding me? Are there women that do this? Like, are oh you my kidding gosh. me? Uh, oh my god! So uh, you must have learned so many things that were shocking, and I'm sure you've got as many in the film as possible, right? Um, you mean in in terms of uh, survivors? Yes. Yes, I actually. Um, I oh gosh, yes, I have. I, I I don't even you know obviously I have to pick I can't put them all in the film or even a, a episodic miniseries but I shot about eight survivors in each country and probably about twenty in the U S so I have a lot of stories a lot and every single one is heartbreaking and horrific. So yeah. are they usually just abducted uh, from their homes? All or their different families? stories. Sometimes they're well in Cambodia and Thailand especially Thailand. They had this unbelievable um, duty to their parents, and they, when their parents are, um, their house is being repossessed by the bank, they'll pick one child that has to go into the city to work, and at these clubs where men buy them, and usually it's the oldest girl, but you know, but they'll pick one child, and so these girls that I've interviewed, they. Mm-hmm willingly go because they feel it's their duty but of course they're being broken i mean these are young girls 13 14 15 16 and 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 when they had an opportunity to be rescued and to go live in a safe house 
in with Destiny Rescue, they well, they needed to get approval from their parents, but of course they wanted to go. And some parents would say no. And oh, sometimes Destiny Re- yeah, because they need the money. They want the money. So Destiny Rescue would make arrangements where they would send the parents money so the girl could be rescued. And then once they're at this home, they get counseling. They get um they teach them a trade. They can pick if they want to be a seamstress or uh, work in the Destiny Rescue coffee shop or um, a, a, a hair salon, like to learn um, to be a hairdresser or like they let uh, to, to make jewelry. Um, they have all these different um, ways uh, to teach them a skill so that they can earn money and, and they get to choose. So it's, it's, Destiny Rescue, is a, I mean, every organization that is featured in my documentary are solid. They are all incredible, either in prevention, rescue, restoration, or reintegration. Incredible organization. And how did you find these organizations? Because these are your strategic partners, and this is something I'm always talking to filmmakers about, how important it is to find, identify, and attach yourself to strategic partners. The first organization that I um, partnered with was Destiny Rescue. And I actually met um, the regional director through a friend. And, and it wasn't easy to be approved. It took about six months to get approved, as it should. You know what I mean? <laughs> they don't know. Yes. Who's, you know, I mean, as it should. So and maybe even longer, six to eight months. But <clears throat> So I was in conversation and, and um, you know, with them and meetings and conference calls and back and forth, you know, and before it was finally approved. And then when it was, um, once I had one organization that was legitimate, um, they not only introduced me to other organizations, but then other organizations were more trustworthy. And then, of course, I mean, now I have over 30 organizations that just kept going because they all ended up going, oh, you should meet this. Once they um, trusted me because I um, – I mean, my word with them, I have media agreements where, um, you know, every underage child will be blacked out, of course. That goes without saying. Um, but other, there's other stipulations that um, that had to be met, obviously, um, to protect these girls because they do not need to be exploited any more than they already have been. So I have um, uh, media agreements with everyone, and then, and then they all, they know other organizations, and they would introduce them to me. So that's how kind of that happened, which um, to me is, you know, the universe and God. Because, again, I went in, was I was only going to do a short uh, documentary on sex tourism in Thailand. And then, you know, the, the <laughs> issue was so huge. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, this is what I always say is that the universe will not tell you what's in store. Because if you knew in the beginning of what it was, you would you never have done it. No, no. So you, I you go in for a little bit, yeah, and it keeps going and magnifying. But uh, you definitely were protected. I totally understand that. And supported because these connections yes. are hard to get. I say it could take you a year uh, to get to the place where they begin to trust you and nowhere near ready to refer you after a year, just maybe beginning to believe you. So you, this is leaps and bounds beyond the normal connection with, uh, your, with these people. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was definitely. Oh my goodness! Well, <laughs> let's go. I want you. I love that picture of you that we've got uh, posted uh, on uh, the blog talk, showing you with all the uh, Kurdish, Kurdish military. So, uh, <laughs> tell us what happened in Kurdistan, where you were protected by those handsome guys. So, Pastor Kevin and I and, and my uh, crew, we, we landed in Erbil at late, like at 3 in the morning. And it was surreal because it was like, I'm like, oh, my God, is ISIS going to jump out and kill us? <laughs> like, you know, it was very <laughs> surreal because it was 3 in the morning and foggy and very scary. And so we went to the hotel, and then the next morning we got up, and we had to drive. Our fixer came to pick us up, and he, we were driving from Erbil to Kurdistan, which is about, I think, like a three- or four-hour drive. So um, he, I mean, again, this has been my whole project. It was like just God would open up every door. But he, he knew the commander of the Kurdish army. Um, and there's multiple commanders of Kurdish armies, but one of them. And he said uh, he's on the way because they're in a, in a town that has just been liberated. So him and his um, soldiers are there. Would you like to stop and meet him? I go, yes. <laughs> so we stopped and met him, and they were very gracious, and they brought out tea. And then I asked him if I could interview him, and he said yes. And he was so candid on camera and um, incredible. And And then – it was actually kind of funny because the, they were talking, the fixer and, and the commander of the Kurdish army were talking in their language and um, Arabic. And I didn't know what was being said, you know, so I, I asked the fixer, I said, what is he saying? He goes, he wants to know if you're, you're married. And I said, Oh no. And so then he tells, you know, him, no, he's not. And then the, the fixer turns to me like secretly and goes, he's married, but he can have a second wife. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Oh, well, he's very handsome." <laughs> it was very That's funny. Great. So, <laughs> so, anyways, they um, he those sent soldiers with us, you know, to protect us the rest of the trip, which was incredible. Um, what I found really um, in- incredible <laughs> is that when we went in, because we were going to go, you know, into Mosul where ISIS was, go close to Mosul. And uh, first of all, Kurdistan is only 20 miles from Mosul, and I felt very safe in in Kurdistan. The Kurdish army are incredible. And also, I think logistically, the way Kurdistan, there's a mountain up behind them, so there's only one way in. But ISIS Mm -hmm. never has bothered Kurdistan, ever. And I think it's because, you know, the Kurdish army is so strong there, but also they would be killed coming in because of the way logistically it is. But, I mean, I was only 20 miles from Mosul, and I I felt so safe. Like it was really wow. surreal, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, but when we went closer, of course, we were fearful. But what they did is they sent women uh, Kurdish soldiers with us. They said, and I go, and they were young girls, like eighteen, twenty. I mean, really young girls. And I'm like, they're going, why are they sending girls with us? And they go, ISIS will turn around and run. They do not want to be killed by a woman. I went, oh. well, then why isn't the whole army women? <laughs> Oh, that is such a good statement. Oh, I love it. No, egotistically, can you imagine? Where, you know, because I can't imagine such a thing. This is great. So you got to meet the women too. What oh, were they, they like? Yeah, and I have a photo with them, and there I couldn't film them. They wouldn't let me film them, but I they would let me. I took a still photo with them, but they were young girls, and they were like, you know, their their guns on them. They were they were incredible. They like these are little warriors. Wow. <laughs> 
Good for yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, what an exciting life you're leading. So, um, okay, tell us about the true heroes uh, you call the people who rescued these children. The true heroes are these organizations that I'm talking about. And it's, you know, it's not, I mean, and it takes an army, you know, not just the rescue agents. It's, you know, from from rescue agents to rescuing these girls to the restoration homes where people are restoring these girls and then to reintegration, teaching them a skill so they can earn a living. And, I mean, these organizations are really the true heroes, and that is why, I mean, my film, I, it's definitely going to be the survivor. The survivor's story, the survivors are going to tell the story, but through them, they'll introduce the organization that rescued them or restored them or reintegrated them. Because I think that these are, because they do it in silence. And, they, and I know what it's like now, now that I've been on this film three years, almost three years. It is an everyday job. And no gratitude. You know, it, you're doing it because it's the right thing to do, period. Yes. And I and I and I'm and they they, they never went into it for the limelight. In these organizations, that's not what they're doing it for. They're doing it to rescue these girls and to restore them and reintegrate them, because it's what God would want us to do. Their children, of course. So, but they're, they're not in it to be highlighted. And, but I think that they should be in a, so that the viewer can support them and support right. the cause. They can yes. either donate time, they can donate money, they, whatever they want. You know what I mean? Well, yes, and I would put that at the end of uh, the chapters or uh, the series that you're going to do because this is what I find the most frustrating. I watch a great doc and I think, how how can I donate? How can I get involved? And there is nothing right. there, and and you can search forever and not run into brick walls. So to tell us what we can do to continue to support these organizations is a key for the viewer. We have to know there is some help um, because it's you don't want to just feel um, total despair. I mean, I that's really right. have to say that's what I felt when I saw the film on her shoulders. I felt so sorry for the for the Azizis, what they have been through and where they are. Uh-huh. And I there was nothing said at the end of the film like you can help. Here's what you can do. Uh, and I think Doc yeah, should I say think that. That is. You know, Deirdre Pujols, she's amazing. Deirdre is uh, Albert Pujols' wife, you know, the, the baseball player for the Angels. But she has an organization, both of them have an organization called Strikeout Slavery, and they create awareness. At these baseball games, they talk about uh, human trafficking. And, and she, they also have an organization, she does, called Open Gate International, and that's a culinary school where they um, – and, and this is for girls in the U.S., obviously – where they uh, give – they take them through culinary school, and then they, uh, at graduation, they job placement them. So they have a job, a way to earn a living. And Deirdre, I mean, she, she's doing incredible work. Like, she also is going, you know, to the Senate and the UN floor, and, and you know, she's using her platform to create awareness. And um, she's people like this are heroes. I mean, Deirdre yes. and her husband, 
they pay for all of this. You know, no, you know what I mean? So I feel that, you know, all of these organizations are doing incredible work and they deserve to be highlighted and they deserve for people to know about them so that people can either donate time or money or however. And, and they get to choose which organization that they're interested in, you know, because there's so many different types and, and from different countries and, you know what I mean? And so the, the sure. viewer can choose um, where they would like to help. Uh, but she, anyways, what I was getting to and bringing Deirdre up is, is um, she was so gracious. She, she called cause she has, you know, her, her team where, where they do um, promotion and, and she, she's the one that made a phone call to LA times where I, where I was featured in LA times. And in that article, if you read it, I don't know if you read it, but she quotes yes. that uh, when she met me, she, we were on a similar path and, um, and, and that she really respected that I was doing something to highlight the organizations. Because not because exactly what you're talking about, Carol, most films, they just talk about the issue and there's no light. There's no um, hope. There's got to be hope, and there is. There is hope through these organizations. Yes. They're, they're, yes. they're creating we hope. They're rescuing that. girls. They're restoring them, and they're reintegrating them. Because if I just did a film on these girls' stories, I mean, it's heartbreaking. After heartbreak, the, the audience has to see that there's some hope, and there is. These organizations are giving hope, and they are actually doing it, doing the work. Yes, that's so important. Well, you mentioned in there how Adetra was funding herself. I would imagine that you probably had to fund yourself a lot through this. Uh, but have I you ever... did. Yes. <laughs> and it's the uh, worst thing a producer could do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I put a lot of my own money in this. <laughs> At it's the end of the really day, I easy. said, "Well, if I if I lose my house, I you know that's okay." <laughs> oh no, you can't do um, that. Where where else are you looking for money, or what have you found is beneficial? Did any of these strategic partners, did any of those places, support you with uh, any grants or money? No, because they also are raising money for their own organizations. Do you know? Right. Uh-huh. Um, so, no, the organizations, uh, n- to me, them allowing me to film the work that they do and have access to interviewing survivors that they've rescued was invaluable. You know, down the road, you know, th- you know that's, I, anyways, no, though, is the answer. They, they don't give me money, but they certainly gave me <laughs> something so much more invaluable in oh, order well, to yes. tell the story. Your connection yeah. to, to yeah. the people who need to see the film, you, your audience. They are sitting on your audience, and, and you need right. to know what your audience wants to hear and see. So that is very important. So but I know you've I've applied for grants. Yeah. Yes, I, I actually, through like crowdfunding, I had a crowd, CrowdRise, Indiegogo, and now I'm with Network for Good through you, which is awesome. But through all of it, I've raised about 43000 Um mm-hmm. Not a lot, but, you know, it, it's, it's um, I, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm, each job, as you know, is a full-time job, just to direct, just to produce, just, <laughs> just to write, like, so... You know, I, I'm I'm doing my best and raising money, but it's really it takes someone to do that 24 hours. You know, you know, just, just to do that. Um, right. But I have raised 
you know, 43,000, which has been incredible. Um, I, I've been applying for grants. Um, you know, we hope to get, I mean, I, I feel, you know, the, the issue needs to be out and the, my pilot was great. My, my trailer pilot was great. So I'm hoping to, to get, uh, you know, grants for, to help with finishing funds. And then, um, you know, and then I just recently, this is something that came new. We're putting the trailer pilot on, um, uh, iTunes, Amazon Prime, and Google Play. So that, and it will be shown in 120 countries. So that certainly will create awareness and hopefully um, some funding because you get paid by, you know, people that view it and download it. Or I, I this is a whole new world to me, actually, this online <laughs> world. Um, but we're doing, we're putting the pilot on so that then we can. Um, uh, I probably will only do for these platforms because. Maybe like five ten minute teasers on each country, but then at that point, then I want to bring it to uh, Netflix and Hulu and HBO, and hopefully be able to, uh, you know, have hour long episodes on those bigger platforms. That's my right to get funded through them. Well, let me ask you: when you uh, when you're uploading now, are you driving them to your website? Because that's what you want to do is get people to come to your website where you give them some sort of a gift, something electronic or a book or a chapter in a book, music, uh, another video. They can watch something free that will get them to sign or join your community around your film so that you have that name for your audience, for your when you get your ready for distribution, you'll have collected a lot of names. That's what the distributors want. Right. Um, I actually, I need to ask that question <laughs> to, for, to uh, iTunes and Amazon Prime and Google Play. I'm not sure if they allow you to put your website. I'm, I'm not sure how that works because um, they're basically a distribution for online. You know what I mean? That that's what it is. But um, but I'm certainly doing other things like you know the talk radio show with you. I have another one with a friend that that has a um, a show um, on 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 for trafficking specifically. So it, it, where else am I trying to do things? <laughs> oh my! Um, Steve Caliper is a he raises funding in the nonprofit world. That's what he does, and oh, so good. he's working on my project. Yeah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> these are all good. Well, I would find out because they're definitely going to get the name and they're going to capture the person who sees it. They're going to get their info. So maybe there's a way you can ask them, will they share the the list of people who view your right. trailers? Oh, you mean you, after the fact, after it's, after we, I'm sure I do get that list because they have to send you um, whoever, you know, downloaded it and viewed it, they send you a list like every, you know, whatever, every month or whatever. So I'm sure those, well, maybe not. I, I, I'm not well, sure I how would that check, works. But because that's very yes, important. I will. Those <laughs> names are valuable. Yeah, that's important to you because that could be your final crowdfunding to help you through post. I, I see right. a lot of times where uh, the people that give you the money to shoot the film will come back and help you with post and crowdfunding. It's okay. They want to see the film finish as much as you do, so they don't get upset if you come back again uh, because they, you're in contact with them through the production of the film, and they're part of your audience. They want to see it finished. 
So all of this sounds really good. Well, now let's talk about being a woman filmmaker. Uh, What aspect of that do you find the most challenging? To be honest, when I'm out, well, in this film, 26 seconds, I, I think it was to my advantage, actually, to be a woman because I got away with murder because I think that, you know, I look like a housewife, so they didn't even realize I was shooting. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if I was like a young boy, I don't know if they could have gotten as much as I did up close. Do you know? So Mm -hmm. on this project, I think being a woman served me. It definitely served me in being able to um, get candid um, interviews because these are girls that have, so they trusted me. Definitely. Like, I don't think a man could have got those interviews. They wouldn't have shared as much. I think they would have been closed up. So in mm-hmm. terms of this project, I think being a woman helped me. But now I'm really more into post, right? Now I'm more into production. And I think it's hard to be a woman in a, in a man's, <laughs> you know, the entertainment industry is a man's world. Um, I do think it's, it's um, challenging. Uh, but I also have incredible men that are supporting this project and that I, that I trust and that uh, are my mentors and advisors. And, and so they have the clout. You know, uh, one is Sid Gannis. Sid is a, um, a mentor and a, um, he's an advising producer on the project. But Sid Gannis used to be president of the Academy Awards years ago. And, you know, and he's, if you look up, if you Google him, his, his resume and bio is incredible, the films he's worked on. And, um, and then Paul Lauer, is, is, uh, he is the founder of Motive Marketing. Motive Marketing um, uh, Worked on Passion of the Christ, Chronicles of Narnia, and the Bible series, all very successful. Oh, wonderful. And he's, yes. Yeah, and as soon as we get to that point, he's ready to run with the project. He's going to promote mm-hmm. it and market it. So I have incredible men. Um, and then also Steve Caliper, who I talked about, who raises money in the nonprofit world. But I have, and, and also a lot of these, uh, the, the founders of these nonprofit organizations that are featured in my documentary are incredible men like Pastor Kevin, and, and there's quite a few others. Um, so I feel like I'm, on this project anyways, I'm being very protected and advised well, and I have men that opened that door, which is awesome. But wonderful. as a yes, it is wonderful. But I also feel that a woman should be able to do that on her own. Be, you know, be able to sit at the table. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes, right. But this is um, the way in. This is the way in. Ask for advice and you get really good support. Humility in our industry is forever well received. You know, and you are oh, I, a I, humble person. I, I can how can that. you not be humble when, in, when incredible, talented, experienced people are supporting you? How can you not be? Right. right. You know. Very well um, said. Yes. Yeah. Um, but in in terms of, I do want to say though, because as a as a professor at, in a film school um, at Chapman University. When I started teaching there 15 years ago, I, pro- I felt like I was teaching at an all-boys school. I literally would have 18 boys and two girls. 
I mean, I, wow. I really felt like I was teaching at a boys' school. Now, 15 years later, it's half and half, 50-50. So it's incredible to see that more women are going to film school and are working in the industry now. Absolutely. Good. It's changing. Yeah. No, it's definitely changing. Wow, that's really Which important. Is, and, and to be honest, between you and me, although we're on live live <laughs> live vlog show, but I really feel the films that are done by the women, it's a different perspective, and it's needed. They're incredible. Yes. <laughs> it's, yes, yeah. quite right. No, I built a multimillion-dollar organization from a $20 bill, and the first woman I hired I hired her to be a secretary, and she couldn't type. But we got on so well, <laughs> Kelly, that she could sell like anything. So I said, okay, you know what? You're going to help me make enough money, and we're going to hire a typist. And we did. And <laughs> and we went on and took that $20 and built a $10 million a year business. It was a lot of fun. And we hired mostly women who had their – you know, had put their children back in school and were yeah. looking around for something to do and wanted to be creative. And we gave them a little office and with a couch and a chair for someone to sit and talk to them and gave mm-hmm. them goals and let them go. And we did wonderful because the women oh, are the awesome. hard workers, you know. Of course, we had yeah, some I, women I, in the I, company, but when we the women were the my, um My crew, uh, it's really funny because – the cinematographers are all, all young men, and uh, but my like my associate producers and a lot of the interns and the you know assistant producers and you know they're all women. So so I, and then I even have um, a great girl, uh, a Chapman student that's now on the editing team, and she's a girl. So it's always fun too to have. I mean, I feel incredibly blessed because I not only have um, uh, you know different you know men women you know, all ages, but I have all, because of being a professor and access to my students at, at, in, at Chapman University, but I have all different nationalities and races, and I love that. You know, it's really a project because this really is a, it's a global issue, and it affects yes. everyone. Yes. Yeah. This would be a perfect place to have a multi-group I always had that at my company. People used to walk in and say, this looks like the United Nations, and I always felt so happy about yeah. that. It was yeah. great. It Me was. Too. Well, I want to know what people can do to help you. For example, are you looking for volunteers to help with social networking? Or what is it that people can do? I know they can donate, but besides that, how can they help you? Oh, I would love – I mean, I don't think I've ever really – you know, um, I need my social media to grow. And, you know, these young people know how to do that. (laughs) That would be incredible, you know, because that's another way of it just getting out, you know, and not just creating awareness, but being able to, you know, the more people that see it, then, you know, the more donations you could get so I could finish post-production. Because I made a deal with God, Carol. I told God that I would pay for production because it cost me about a hundred grand. It's a lot. <laughs> I told, I made a deal. I said, I'll pay for production. I'll get it. To, but, but you got to step in, God, and help me. You, I, I, I have to have, you have to have, I have to have post-production. <laughs> I need That's post-production either. 
Yes. That's a good deal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I sure. So well, I'm ben, counting on to... him to come through. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, all right. Let's uh, tell people how they can contact you so that uh, you need people to help with you, with posting and reposting and tweeting and retweeting your stuff so that you can spread your and enlarge your database. So yeah. tell us how people can reach you, Kelly. Oh, they can. Uh, um, uh, t- you want me to give you my email? Because it's yeah. the the company. Okay, it's twenty six seconds with a S doc for documentary at gmail dot com. So two six the number. Yeah. S uh, doc d o c dot com. No, no at gmail dot com. At gmail.com, at gmail.com, 26seconds.doc at gmail. Okay, we've got it. Mm -hmm. And then my website is similar. You know, the website, if they want to check out the project, of course, it's 26secondsdoc.com. That's the website and then the email. Okay, Mm -hmm. okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Have you got anything you want to say to our filmmakers in closing to encourage them to get out there and do their projects and Oh, I would love to. I would like to say, <clears throat> you know, this is the same because I, you know, I was an actress first, and we always talk about um, you never be result oriented. You know, stay in the process, stay in the process, and I can't encourage that enough, even with directors and filmmakers. And I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't take that first step. I didn't know where it was going to end. I didn't know who I was going to meet. I didn't know anything <laughs> but if you but take the first step and you take one step and believe me the universe opens up and 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 god will take you through the rest um but i do um believe that you need to pick a project that you're passionate about that moves you deeply because you know ne- not every day is easy and there has to be a bigger picture to to keep moving you forward there has to be a bigger issue that keeps you going. Absolutely. Meaning, right? I mean, because if we do yes. stuff for our own ego, um, and if it's not happening, then you're going you're gonna to jump off the boat. It's like, well, this isn't, you know what I mean? But if you're doing something mm-hmm. for a higher purpose, um, you will keep going when the days aren't easy. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because you are totally committed. Obviously, that's right. you are totally committed. It's nice to hear someone who is so much a part and cares so much about the issue of what they're doing. And so all of us, thank you for this. Yo, you're welcome. My, my pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. And I would like, uh, Carol, for you and I to talk another time because maybe you can tell me um, – what other? Because you you have more experience in this way. You might have ideas of other areas where people can, you know. I, I, right now, in the moment, I'm just saying, oh, I need help with social media, but maybe I do need help in more areas. <laughs> um, but we okay. can have them talk and <laughs> yes, <laughs> figure we can that talk out about it and find that. Okay, sounds good to me. Thank you, Kelly, right. and thank you so much, Claire, for joining, for hosting the show, and Kelly for joining us. Thank you, Claire. Yes. <laughs> Oh, you're welcome. Always a pleasure. And uh, gosh, Kelly, I I just, I can't imagine being in your shoes. But I I do have to say I am very grateful that you are in your shoes doing the work you're doing. Thank you. 
Oh, right. you're, well, yeah. Thank you for that <laughs> acknowledgement. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, okay. Yes, yeah, so you guys have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and Happy Holidays to everybody. Thank you so thank much. You. And to you too, Kelly. Best of luck. All righty. Thank okay. you. All right. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Be well. Yes. Yes. And also to our listeners, I want to tell you how grateful we are for the donations that you have given at FromTheHeartProductions.com to support this podcast. Carol and I sincerely thank you. And we'd love to hear from you with ideas for more shows. What are some topics that you would like covered? Who would you like interviewed? We're always open to your feedback, so just let us know. And please join us next week for the Art of Film Funding podcast. Now, in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice, fair use, successful crowdfunding, how to ask for music rights, and what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com. I want to remind our listeners that David Raiklin is a brilliant and talented award-winning musician who scores films and can compose music for a trio or for a full orchestra. David is a very good friend to the independent filmmaker and comes highly recommended by From the Heart Productions. If you need music to help tell your story, please contact him at davidraiklin.com. That's David, R-A-I-K-L-E-N dot com. And Carol and I want to thank you for tuning in to The Art of Film Funding. Please visit our website at fromtheheartproductions.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Good luck with your films, everyone. <laughs>